is the Big Church Podcast. Here in New York City's Times Square, police are expecting more than a million people to pack the surrounding city blocks to watch the iconic ball drop. Firefighters in Australia are calling the danger from wildfires there unparalleled. There are more than 60 fires burning along Australia's east coast. The first case of the deadly coronavirus making its way to the U.S. The CDC is predicting more than 180,000 deaths in the U.S. I guess there is no one to blame. Racial tension is rising across the United States. It's the final countdown. That was pretty climactic, wasn't it? Give me some lights up in here. How many have, there we, God said, let there be light. I am not comparing myself to God this morning. Sorry, I'm not gonna get in that much trouble starting out. Um, Good morning, you out here, good morning. How is everyone in the house doing today? Good morning online. How is everyone doing out there sitting on your couch this morning or wherever you're watching from? We want to welcome you here this morning to Big Church, and it's already been a great time in the Lord this morning. And um, are we still doing good in 2021? Everything's still going good 17 days in and and no, no catastrophes yet that we know of? You know what? We've only got one more week to go on the fast. But let me ask you a question. How many of you all have seen some breakthrough happen in your life during these last 14 days? All six of you. How many of you have seen some breakthrough happen in your life? Come on. There's things probably happening around you that you just haven't realized yet, but there's something coming. You know what? I believe that we have to keep doing the things that we're doing, that this cannot be something we do for 21 days and kind of forget about it. It can't be something we have a thought of every first of the year to, to do a fast and to do. We have to make this become a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. But let me tell you what. I want to encourage you guys out there to keep this up, especially you men. Listen, the ladies are like probably enjoying this fast. Anytime you have a grape or you have a vegetable or you have anything else, women are probably like, oh, my goodness, I love this. This is the best fast ever. And I got I to tell you guys something. There is meat at the end of the tunnel. I made a mistake last night of flipping channels in between football games, and I got on diners, dives, and whatever the other one is. And literally, they were making a hamburger. It was this big around, and and everything on it was meat. And I said, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) There is meat at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) But seriously, many of you guys come in here right now are kind of new to all this right now. Maybe you've not been in church your whole life, or maybe church as being a Christian, you've given your life over to Jesus, is kind of new to you, and being a Christian and having the lifestyle that we're in, and even being in church. You may walked in here this morning and said, oh my goodness, that doesn't look like the church I went to when I was eight years old. 
Uh, I'm glad it's not the church you went to when you were eight years old, but you, maybe you just don't understand, maybe you're not realizing what's going on. Maybe you're not sure really what to do or, or what the information you need to be a Christian or how to do it, the steps. You know, we always want steps involved on how to, to be a better Christian or be a better person. But you know what? Sometimes, no matter how long you've been in this, some of y'all been in this for a while. Some of y'all been in this Christian walk for a while. And, and, and what I'm about to say to you in the next 30 minutes or so, you're going to say, well, I already know that. Well, let me just, let me, let me tell you, sometimes you need basic math before you can go to algebra and geometry. Now, I hope my uh, principal or my people in church, at school aren't watching from Morgan County because I actually graduated high school with never taking an algebra class ever. <laughs> ever. So now, it's, it is amazing. Now that I think about it, I don't know how I did it, but I did. I took basic and I took business math. But I did, so don't take my diploma away from me, please. I didn't take any algebra. So that's why when I see people doing A plus B equals C, I'm like, what in the world are you even talking about? But you know what? Some of us have been in this while, and you say, I know this, and I got this, and this, you know, I need some, I need some more meat. I need some more, get off the milk. I need some more meat. And this is so basic. But a lot of times we feel like we've graduated from the basics. Or is it something, here's another thing. We feel like we've graduated from the basics, or is it something we don't even apply and we don't know it? James 1.22 in the New King James. But be ye doers, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So many times, no matter how many times you've heard it, no matter how many times it's been put into you, no matter, maybe this is your first time or your 300th time, a lot of times we forget because we hear it, but we don't put any action towards it. No matter how smart you are, no matter how much algebra you may know, there are times when you need to learn how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. We got to... I grew up, I mean, I didn't grow up, and I was in the business world for a lot of years, and I actually had to make change. Anybody know anything about making change out there? You know, if you give somebody $5, it's $6.43, and you give them a $10 bill, it blows people's minds anymore. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It'd be like, wait a minute, uh, two cents is five cents, and, and, and what am I doing? But a lot of times, we have to go back to simple addition. Simple uh, subtraction and multiplication. The title of my message is today is Back to the Basics. Prayer, the first, the first point of that is through prayer. Number one, prayer has to be often and not occasional. The Bible says prayer, pray without ceasing. What? So many times we start thinking about that. Even if you've been in pray without ceasing, what does that come into your mind? You start thinking about, am I supposed to pray all the time? Am I supposed to pray like 24-7? I think that what the Bible is trying to tell us to do, we have to live with an attitude of prayer each and every day. We have to walk through life knowing that the king of glory is standing next to you, that the Holy Spirit is inside of you, and you have to be able to walk with him and talk with him each and every day. What prayer also helps us to do, it helps us to be grateful. 
So many times we live in a world right now where we're so unthankful, we're so uh, just everything doom and gloom. It's like schlep rock walking around with a cloud over our, our, our heads. We walk around, we need to be more thankful because you know why? God has been so, so good to you. God has been so, so good to you. You don't know where you would be today if he had not been so good to you. That's why you need to walk around with an attitude of prayer. You need to walk around with an attitude of gratitude each day. The Jewish culture, you know what they do? They get over and they put their feet on the floor. And the first thing they do is they thank God for the breath. Breathe in. You need to thank God for the breath that you have each and every day. So many times we get up and we start thinking, and we've got our list together, and we have to start thinking of all the things that we have to do. And sometimes it's as simple as taking a deep breath and saying, God, it's so good. It helps you to look at God first. You give up the belief that you're in control. So many times we walk through life, we think we got our agenda, we think we've got our, the, the, well, how, how we're going to figure our day out, we know that, well, what is this going to happen in five years or ten years, but when we start having an attitude of prayer, we, we start understanding that we are not in control. You know what else prayer does? It creates good habits. Let me tell you a few things, but I'm trying to give you the basics this morning. Can you all take some notes this morning? I talk a little fast, but this is a good note-taking time right here. Notes will get you to heaven. <laughs> Next time I'm not taking notes, honey, you remind me of that. <laughs> She's on me all the time. I must not. Uh, I'll, okay. Do as I say, not as I do. All right, here's some things about prayer. Simple things. Keep it real. Don't be afraid to tell God Everything he already knows. Why are, we, why are we scared to tell God the deepest, darkest secrets in us? Because you, let me just enlighten you on something. He already knows what you're going through. You're not holding nothing back from him. There's nothing that he does not know. And let me just help you out with something else. He's not afraid of your junk. He's not afraid of what you're going through because he's already known you're going through. He knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end, and the middle, and everything in between. Don't be afraid to tell him how you really feel. Another, another thing about prayer is keep it honest. How many times have you prayed what you thought God wanted to hear? God, I thank you so much. How awesome you are today, God. I am just so grateful. But inside, you're really upset. God, I thank you so much, and I'm grateful for your peace but really, there's no peace around you that you can see. God wants you to speak honestly to you because he knows what you're going through. So whatever you feel, tell him exactly what you're feeling. He's not afraid of it. Here's the one that gets us in trouble. Keep it short. Keep it short. Nothing wrong with long prayers. They're just not required to be long. Help me, Jesus. You don't got to pad your prayers with everything you think everyone else wants to hear. You don't need to put a bunch of unnecessary things in there just because you're trying to impress God because you're not really need to impress God. 
He just wants to have a casual conversation. Our words may be few, but God loves to hear throughout the day what you're going through. He wants to hear how grateful you are. He wants to hear how good he is all day long. He would rather hear something from us rather than nothing from us. So many times we think it has to be grandiose and, and so long, but it doesn't. Number thing about prayer, keep it simple. We make things so difficult and what they need to be. And listen, I realize there are people out here right now that are not used to prayer. Maybe you're new to the Christian faith and, and you hear somebody pray and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I could never pray out loud or I could never do that. But let me just tell you something. You make it more difficult than it needs to be. God just wants you to talk to him just like you would a friend. The Bible says that he's a friend. He's, he sticks closer than a brother. He's right there next to you. He just wants to hear what you're going through. Just talk to him like you would a friend. Sometimes it's good just to get sit down with a cup of coffee and just say, God, here it is. I'm chilling with you right now. Hey, we can talk to God that way. There is a reverence side of God, which we should reverence, but there's also a side of God. He just wants you to talk and tell who you really are. So sometime I want you to make, take the, the hardness out of it. Sit down tomorrow morning with your cup of coffee, and I want you to just let the words come up. I want you to talk about what you want to talk about. Let it be casual. Let it be simple. Just telling. Pour out your feelings to what you need to tell God. Be you because I'm going to help you out here. You can't mess it up. You can't mess prayer up. Some of y'all don't believe that, do you? So we're having an outward prayer uh, class right after church here. To <laughs> I mean, there's people that are scared to death to pray out loud. You can't mess it up when it comes to God because he wants you to come with your heart. Say exactly what's inside of you. We also feel the urge to impress others by looking and sounding better than we really are. We pull out the King James Version prayer. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Oh, exalted heavenly father of the throne of, of David. Cometh hither to us, O Goddeth. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I, you hear that prayer and you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Don't do that. It's okay. You don't need to impress God. You don't need to impress God by how many King James versions you can come up with. He just wants to hear from you. But let me tell you something else too. This is, this is, this is good. There are times, if I say so myself, there are times when you really need to press in to God. There are times when you can talk casually to God, which should be most of the time. But there are times, the Bible says, effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. There are times when you need to get down on your knees and you need to call and cry out to God. And you need to say, God, I need you to intervene in this situation. God, I know that my casual prayers aren't going to get it today. God, I need you to take over. There are times when you have to press in and get on your knees. And one more thing about prayer. Be a better listener. Isn't that the hard one? We like to talk. 
right? You ever have a conversation with people? My wife is teaching me and I'm learning to let other people, don't, don't say what I'm thinking sometimes. I, I just shoot off sometimes and she's like, calm down. You'll get an opportunity here in just a minute. But we like to talk. And so many times we go into our prayer time with distractions. We have the music playing. Nothing wrong with music and prayer. Sorry, don't throw nothing at me through the camera. But so many times we have distractions and we have our phone is laying over there buzzing and beeping and, and everything around us, there's, there's nothing that we could actually go to him with. Okay, I'm shut it all down. I'm gonna speak to you. Let me tell you, let me tell you what I read in the book. Try two minutes a day. Two minutes, two. Go into a closet or go into a quiet place. Turn everything off and sit for two minutes and don't say a word. It says it'll be awkward. It's going to be weird. But as you train yourself to start listening to God, you start listening to the things that God's trying to speak. God is up there, honestly, he, he's still speaking like he did 2,000 years ago or ever how many years ago. But the problem is we have so many distractions that's keeping us from hearing what he has to say. So I'm going to ask you to do that this week, starting. Two minutes. Sit on your bed. Turn everything off. And as you get into that time, start increasing that time with God. Say, okay, God, I'm going to give you. You would be surprised. God wants to speak to us, and he wants to reveal things to you that you've not been able to hear because you're listening to everything else. You may get the answer you've been looking for. Maybe you've been, up, maybe you've been looking for an answer to prayer, and God said, I gave it to you six months ago. You wasn't listening. I gave that to you in this thought. Or I gave that to you in this. I gave that to you six months ago. But you just weren't listening. Quiet time. Quiet time. Back to the basics. Hit refresh. Number two. Through the word. Psalms 19.7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Refreshing the soul. The statue of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. One of the most neglected parts or aspects of the Christian life is reading the Bible daily. One of the most neglected. About 70% of professing Christians read the Bible once a week. Here's what they say. I just really don't have time. Can we do a sermon on time management? Because I need to sit on the front row and listen to that one too. Maybe we'll have an outside guest do that one. We have time. It's an excuse. You have time for everything else in your life. Why not have time for your quiet time and your prayer time and your word time? People say, it's a little bit rough, but that's okay. People say, I don't understand. Excuse number two. You have a smartphone, right? You have the Bible app on there, right? You have 7 million different versions of the Bible out there to download. You don't have to do the King James Version anymore like I grew up on. 
you got all kinds of different versions that will help you to understand what God is trying to say. It's an excuse. Do I really have to? That's another one. Let me tell you why you must read the Bible daily. It helps you to grow in your relationship with God. How does it do that? John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, who is Jesus. You want a better relationship with Jesus? He is with God, and the Word was God. So you want to know why the Word is important? Because it's God, and it's Jesus. You want to increase your development, your relationship, you need to spend time or time developing your relationship with God and with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit you got to take time. A few verses, meditate. You don't got to read. They're, they're power reading the Bible right now. I think y'all did get done shredding the Bible. Don't be, don't be shredding no Bible up in here. They, they were doing that. They were reading like umpteen chapters every day. And, and it was, it's, a good, it's a good act for them. But so many people get discouraged because they feel like i got to read nine different chapters every day. And I, if I don't do this and that and this. Find a verse. The Bible says meditate on the word. There are times when you can find a verse for you on the verse of the day. Or you can look in your Bible. And God said if you'll just meditate on it, I'll change things. You have the verse of the day on your Bible app. The Bible says your word have I hid in my heart. Why have you hid it in your heart that I might not sin against you? You've hid it in your heart because you want to be able to Pull it out when you need it. There's some things which you're going to go through life and you may not have an iPad or a, or a paper Bible, but you're going to have to know something one of these days. And let me just tell you something. There may be coming a time right now when you may not have the luxury of having the Bible in front of you. You need to memorize. You need to get into a place where you know the Word of God and you can carry it every day. You take so oh, we take so granted the freedoms that we have in America right now, but I'm telling you right now, we may not have that. Hide the word in your heart. What does the word do? It gives you wisdom and understanding on how to live and how to deal with the trials and the temptations and the valleys and just life in general. As I said in the Bible, if you don't know what, if you're going through something and you're depressed, Google it. What does the Bible say about depression? It'll bring all kinds of verses up to you. There's, there's really no excuse not to know what the word says. We're going back to the basic with number three. Church attendance and Christian community. Do I really have to go to church to be a Christian? Well, COVID-19 has brought up that, that same thing to us, you know, where we've had the restrictions and people coming and wearing masks and, and different things. And, and I understand there are people online, there are people out there that are at risk that need to watch from home. And that's why we've provided our online service to you. That's why we're trying to upgrade it all the time to make it the best for you. And, and if you can't make it, I'm, I hope you'll be faithful to watch us every single Sunday and get, and get the word inside of you. But why do we need to go to church? Hebrews 10, 25 in the new NLT says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that you see the day of his return drawing near. It's, he's getting ready. 
So that's why he's calling his bride. He's calling his people into him. The Bible talks about togetherness. At least 50 times in the New Testament it says, put together, joined together, members together, heirs together, fitted together, held together, caught up together. There's a big thing about being together in the house. Why is church important? Because coming together is a powerful witness to the world that it shows that all races, all backgrounds, all social statuses, all people can come together and serve the King of Kings, not looking at anything around us. Gathering regularly with other believers becomes a refining process. What does that mean, Pastor Rich? It teaches you how to put up with people. Anybody have to work on your patience in here? You need to have two hands up. It can teach us how to be patient. Listen, there are things that you can learn from each other out there. When you come in this place, you're forming uh, relationships. And it can help us to be more caring because you'll know what someone else is going through. Why is it important? It gives you identity. It makes you a genuine, true believer because you're committed to something bigger than yourself. You're not just punching a clock when you come in here at 1030. You're doing something showing the world that this matters to you. You're not just clicking a button at 1030. You're showing your people around you when you get on online. This matters to you. The disciples followed and they were committed. They gave up their whole lives to follow Jesus. Christian, Christian cannot just be a word. It must identify who you are. Christian means Christ-like. It means a follower of Christ. And why is church important? Because God loves it. They were just singing that song a minute ago and I'm gonna try to explain something to you. The Bible goes so far as to call the church the bride of Christ. The church really is not a building. It's us. But this is the place where we gather together to worship him. And if he calls it, it goes as far as to call it the bride of Christ. When we have a wedding, what do we do? We dress up the best that we can. We put our makeup on. Flowers. It's a special day. If the church is considered his bride and it's important to him, it should be important to us. He, we're getting ready for something. Jesus is coming. Maybe you don't understand what that means, but there is a marrying of the church and Jesus coming one of these days. We're putting, we're, this, this is the very start of what God wants to do right here, the gathering together. But there's going to be a big gathering coming. We are not church members but we are members of a body. Listen to this. Ephesians 4, 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together, there's that word together, by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You have to do your part. There's somebody that needs you every Sunday. And there, be, there may be something you need every Sunday. That's why it is so important for you to get involved in Cruise. 
Get involved in small groups. Do you know why? Because there's, not, there's, a, there's few and far between good friends out there to be found anymore. You need the right friends. You need the right relationships. And you need people that will speak life into you, speak truth into you. Not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. You need some people in your corner that know what you're going through when you're going through it. Church also keeps you rooted and planted. Psalms 92, 13. You're getting a lot of Bible this morning. Y'all got enough Bible for the week here? To... No. <laughs> no. 92, 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of the God. If you're planted, you're going to grow and flourish. Then they shall bear fruit in their old age, and they shall be fresh and flourishing. You have to stay planted. There's something about being planted in the house that takes you to the next level. You miss one church service, you're sick. Two, you're dying. Three, you're dead. That's her favorite one. It's the truth. Miss church a few weeks. Before too long, it's not important to you anymore. Am I telling the truth? Before too long, it becomes a, a, a something that you don't even think about. I remember when I quit going to church several, several years ago. Well, the first about month or so, it bothered me every week. After that, I didn't think about it anymore. You have to stay planning. The last one, and I talked about this last week, but we're going to hear it again because I think we need to hear it a lot. Back to the basics through number four, repentance. Here was David, a man after God's own heart. He failed God. Psalms 51. He says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. You have to acknowledge your sin. And you need, I wrote here, you need to have a lifestyle of repentance. What does that mean? Are you supposed to walk around saying, sorry, 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 sorry. No, that's not what I mean. But you need to have a lifestyle of repentance. Because what happens is, the problem when repentance is not part of your lifestyle. You sin, you don't repent, nothing happens. You sin again, nothing happens. It starts a cycle, and soon the sin cycle gets more often and more often and more often. And, and now what happens is you don't even want to pray anymore. Never mind, repent. I'm being honest. You don't want to even praise or worship God. And, and at that point, you walk in here, and before your hands used to lift freely into worship. And, and now you've got such heaviness on you, you can't even get your hands in the air. You know what I'm talking about. You get to the point where it gets uh, so bad, you just don't even want to go to church anymore because for one, it's guilty, and the other ones, you just don't care anymore. You drift farther and farther away until you're completely back where you were before. That's why if we bug you in this church and send you text messages, can I just be honest? It's because we love you. If you get annoyed by a text message that I ever send you saying, I miss you, good. Because we care about you. 
And when we don't see you in this place and we don't know what's going on in your life, it actually matters to us and our staff. Lifestyle of uh, repentance keeps you on track. Why is repentance, renewal, and restoration important as Christ followers? Because we got to get it right. The rest of the world is not getting it right. Some Christians and some churches are not getting it right. And I'm not downing nothing, nobody. I'm just saying we're not getting it right. They're looking at us as the example and they're getting a poor example right now. They're looking at us as the place to go. And a lot of times, man, I wouldn't want to go where you're going. I'm being honest. That's why it's important what it looks like, what your life looks like around you. And if you call yourself a Christian, it's important how you walk in that calling. You know why, it's, why you have to get it right? Verse 13, it says, Then I will teach transgressors, people who are out in the world, sinners, your ways. And sinners shall be converted to you. From who? From what? Your lifestyle, your example, the things that you're doing. I'm closing with this. If y'all would stand with me. We're doing this whole sermon series called Hit Refresh. And I think a lot of times we try to, again, I said overcomplicate it, make it the longer version of it. But sometimes we just got to go back to the basics. The basics of prayer and, and the word of God and church and, and repentance. Last week, you online missed the end of our service because we had a, a technical difficulty that cut it off right at the end. But last week, I asked, we asked people to write on an index card what you wanted to leave and you didn't want to carry into the new year. This altar was flooded with index cards. They were everywhere. We had people that left some things and, didn't want, and they don't want to see them ever again. But let me ask you a question. The things you left last week, how many this week were tempted to pick that thing back up? How many were tempted to, how many of that struggle said, did I really leave it there? Did the enemy come in and start speaking to you that lie? You didn't really leave that there. You, it's still with you. But also, let me ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hands because I can't see you anyway. How many would truly say, I've seen a change in myself this week? Because I left it there. It got prayed over this week, and I believe that God has taken that. When we say that, let's go back to the basics. Let's do this. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes where you're at right now. Online, wherever you're at with us, be a part of what's going on in this room. If you need salvation and you have never committed your life to Jesus Christ, you've never been saved, if you would, please lift up your hand because I'd like to pray with you. I see those hands. I do, I see them. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. A couple things. I'm gonna ask you, everyone in the room, to repeat this prayer. Pastor, that sounds so basic. Sometimes a basic thing can change your life. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, 
I am a sinner. I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me for my sins. Make me new. I give you control of my life. When I fall, help me get up. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna ask you, if you raised your hand, there were some people that raised their hand. I'm gonna be over on the left-hand side over here in our prayer, our prayer team. They're gonna be on the right or the left. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to have you make a decision for Christ. And if you've already made that decision, maybe you just need a renewal. Maybe you just need to be restored. Maybe there's something you just need us to stand in agreement for. As we get ready to sing this song, the altars are going to be open. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.